You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the first chapter of Sukkah. We're learning about what makes a proper Sukkah. And we've learned not only that there are boundary cases, but there are exceptions that somehow are per- sometimes permissible. So there are permissible exceptions. And yesterday we learned the sixth Mishnah about roofing our sukkah with, with wooden planks. And Rabbi Yudah, who's really believes that a sukkah can be made out of something quite permanent, Rabbi Yudah permits and Rabbi Meir forbids. And, the, the, and Rabbi Meir is essentially the, 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 the stum, the, um, the normal opinion in the Mishnah. So if Rabbi Meir forbids, we'd expect the Halakha to go with Rabbi Meir. And the Mishnah added at the end that if you placed a plank that was four hands breadth wide, so in other words, about a 12 inches wide, if you had a plank that wide on top of your sukkah, you should... The sukkah's okay, but you should just make take care not to sleep under the plank. And we're going to come back as we pick up the seventh Mishnah to this question of planks. Let's look at a roof, a roof in an ordinary building. So this roof is roofed over with planks. And the way they used to build in the time of the Mishnah is that you would build your roof out of planks but when you built the next floor you'd put a kind of plaster base on top of the planks so you'd have a plaster floor on top of your planks which would be the floor of the next uh, the next story up maybe or maybe even a flat roof maybe even a flat roof if it was a one-story building but with a roof terrace and the Mishnah explains so a roof that doesn't have any plastering on top of it. So we've just got the wooden boards. We don't have the upper floor. It's just a wooden boarded roof on our house. Rabbi Yudalmer, Beit Shammai Omrim, Mufak Venotela Chat Mi Bain Time, Uveit Hillel Omrim, Mufak Fek, or Notel Achat. Me bain time. So Rabbi Yudah says in the name of Beit Shammai that he should loosen off the boards. This feels a bit like loosening the bundles. Remember we talked about someone who has bundles of straw or wood stored up above his uh, above his his courtyard, and he wants to use those for schach. Now in theory, there. They are eligible for schach, but of course they weren't put there for schach. They were put there to dry out or for storage. So the Rambam explained, look, we make him just untie the bundles and move them around a bit. And then he's effectively replaced them. He's he's put them into place for schach. So now he's made a sukkah for the purpose of sukkah. He's fulfilled one of the principles that we learned when we started looking at the Masechet. There's a principle of consciousness. Yes, so that your generations shall know. We, we have to be conscious that we're sitting in a sukkah and we have to build a sukkah for the sake of building a sukkah. We can't just take something that's already built. So we made the, the owner of these, the owner of these um, 
uh, bundles of wood. We made them untie them and move them around a bit so that they, effectively their purpose becomes repurposed to schach. And in the same way, Beit Shammai say, we're going to loosen off the boards. So effectively, we're going to unwedge them so that we're going to move them around a bit and then we're going to repurpose them as schach. So Beit Shammai say, we're going to move them around and I say we're going to take one in two out. So that's Beit Shammai according to Rabbi Yuda. Uveit Hillel Omrim and Beit Hillel have a slightly different view. Again, according to Rabbi Yuda, Mufakfek or Notelachat Mi Time. Beit Hillel say you can choose. You can either loosen them off and rearrange them, or you can take out one in two. If you take out one in two, I think the assumption is you put in kosher, different kind of kosher schach in between. So Beit Hillel, as ever, are a little bit more relaxed. Either you move them around or you take one in two out. Rabbi Meir Omer, and Rabbi Meir is now going to come back and give his view. Rabbi Meir was the person that didn't allow boards at all. But he says, No tell achat mi ben time ve'ein mufakpek. He can take one in one board in two out, and he doesn't have to bother loosening them out. In other words, this is a bit like keeping the board in your sukkah but not sleeping underneath it. So one in two of these is going to be replaced by kosher schach. What about a sukkah that was roofed in something that wasn't in any way kosher schach? At least the board fulfills the requirement of the Mishnah that it's a natural material. Yes, we remember that it has to be something that grows from the ground and yet is separated from the ground. We're in this liminal space between the man-made and the non-man-made. So the board fulfills that qualification even though it has to be repurposed. But what about a metal spit? To crush um, the metal spit um, someone roofs his sukkah with spits. This is the kind of spit you'd roast an animal on. It's a long, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's just a long metal, uh, long metal pole. If you were roasting an ox, you'd shove, or a lamb, you'd shove the ox on the spit and shove it on top of the fire. So someone roofs his sukkah with iron spits, or barukotamita. Maybe he's going to roof it with bedposts. Now, the iron spit, of course, is no is no good as schach. First, because it doesn't grow from the ground. And secondly, because it's a, it's a vessel, it's a kli. Remember, we learned yesterday, there's a principle. If something is a, a vessel, a kli, it can't be, if it's completely man-made, it can't be kosher schach. And the bedpost, the spit, is not man-made and it's a clee. The bedpost, it could be made of wood, but it's absolutely a clee. It's, it's an object. It's an object. It's a man-made object. It's susceptible to tumah. We can't, we can't, we can't use it. But the Mishnah always seems to find ways to make life easy for the people of Israel. If there's space between these objects as equal to them. In other words, if they don't constitute the majority, then it's kasher. So we can have, if you like, we can roof our sukkah with metal poles or with bedposts, as long as there's some space in between the metal poles or the bedposts, so that we can put kosher schach in between.
What about hollowing out a haystack, a chotet, or, or a stack of grain? A chotet burgadish la sot So you crawl into a haystack or a stack of grain and you hollow it out from the inside. And then you create this structure. It's got, of course, grain on the top of it. And grain should be kosher schach. But it's interesting. The Mishnah comes back straight away and says, Einasuka. It's not a sukkah. It's not a sukkah. And the Rambam explains that we're going back to the principle of consciousness. That if we had... If we'd hollowed out, if we'd hollowed out the haystack or some other space and then taken the bundles of hay and put them on top, we could make a sukkah out of that. But if we just hollow it out from the bottom, what we're doing is we're creating a hole in something that was already there. The, the roof of the haystack was already there and it was created as the top of a haystack. It wasn't created as the top of a sukkah. And that's why the Mishnah says it's, it's not a sukkah. It's not a sukkah without consciousness. If we were going to do something like that, hollow, hollowing out a haystack, we'd have to essentially take the top off and then we'd have to put it back on again. We'd take it off as the roof of a haystack and we'd put it back on as a roof of a sukkah and then we could use it. What about the walls? We'll finish on walls. If let's say we're gonna hang walls down from the schach. So rather than having fixed walls, we might, I don't know, we could hang some curtains down, for example, from the schach. And they end up more than three hands breadths from the ground. So that the walls don't stretch all the way down to the ground. And the Mishnah says Psula. The walls have to be connected to the ground in some way. Maybe it's analogous of the fact that the um, schach has to come from the ground. There's something about this sukkah. The walls can be made of anything, but they seem to they have to be connected to the ground. And connection in this case means less than three tefachim, less than three handsbreadths. They don't have to be connected to the top, actually. Milamata lamala. If he built the walls up from the bottom. They only have to be 10 hands breadths high from the ground. And the sukkah is a kosher sukkah. It doesn't make any difference how close to the, the, the top of the sukkah they are. We can have a wall which is only basically a yard high and it's perfectly fine as the wall of a sukkah. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Kshem, she. Rabbi Yossi says, just as from the bottom to the top, the key measure is 10 tefachim, 10 hands breadths. So from the top to the bottom, it's 10 hands breadths. Rabbi Yossi says, look, the, the, the walls don't have to stretch all the way down to the ground. And the halacha doesn't follow, doesn't follow Rabbi Yossi. But the Mishnah does make a concession here. Chik etasikuk. If the schach, if he distances the schach from the walls sideways for three hands breadths, it's invalid. In other words, while we said that ten hands breadths, 
10 hands breadths high on the wall is fine. That's providing the walls are actually below the schach. If you were going to push the walls out, so it stood outside the schach, they stood outside the schach, more than three hands breadths, you'd have a problem. In other words, the walls need to be connected to the ground and they need to be below the schach. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.